0: Welcome back once again to The Great Scott Podcast. On this episode, Michael interviews rapper Baby Byron. They talk about his controversial life growing up, his music, and how he's doing now. So Byron, uh, you had an interesting childhood growing up. Uh, You were born two months premature, and then not only that, you were addicted to drugs.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, correct.
0: Yeah, so um, I do want to get into that. But first, uh, I want to ask you, where did the name Baby Byron come from?
1: Um, Baby Byron came from, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, KDKA News. And KDKA News is the one that uh, coined the phrase. So I feel like uh, I, I, I never – obviously, I never gave myself the names. I don't think nobody – you know, <laughs> acknowledging himself as baby, anything, or right, or, right. You know, or or adult, anything. You know, um, it was a name that was given to me, uh, by uh the the local press, and it and they caught, and then everybody started calling me that as well.
0: So, uh, going back to the uh, drugs thing, it seems like that drugs kind of run inside the the family. It seems like for you
1: yeah yeah you know and um surprisingly <clears throat> which is uh which is so uh interesting, a lot of people don't uh know how common it is you know it's not necessarily you know uh my family or not necessarily your family it's a, it's a lot of people's family right uh, you know if it's not if it's not uh it's not a white thing, it's not a black thing it's a, it's whoever is you know suffering from that uh, abuse thing. But my family particularly, yeah, we have a a, a family of, you know, a, a history of, you know, alcoholism. Um, you know, we have a history of other drug uh, abuses, you know. Um, but like I said, it's not an uncommon thing, to, in my
0: opinion, you know. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, how did all and of this uh, start for you? How did all, all these drugs and alcohol enter into the picture?
1: You know, and that, and i uh, it's so crazy because some people, uh, I feel like that's a good question because when it when it comes down to it, people don't take into to 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 account the you know uh everything in, in full context. And what I mean by that is, for my story, you know uh, the question is is like okay, when the drugs into my life it, it entered actually before I was even born, you know, hence how how I became a crack baby. So it was a story before my story. You know, so it was a an a, a addiction before my 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 addiction problems or whatever the case may have been. I guess is what I'm trying to say. And the, the story really starts in the in the 80s, which is the crack epidemic. Right. You know, the crack epidemic is really where the Baby violence story uh, starts. It's like the origin of it. You know. So if anybody is 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 unfamiliar with the that era, that era is what <clears throat> produced. You know, uh, a very high crime rate, and you know, and, um, throughout uh, Harlem to Baltimore to the Bay Area, which would spread to so many other places. Now, the origin point isn't, doesn't really matter. It just matters that the fact that it was an everywhere kind of thing. You know, everybody was suffering, you know, from this this substance abuse, you know, or this 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 product or this epidemic, um, at the time. And my parents uh, suffered. They were one of the people that suffered from it, you know. Um, and uh, in the process of them suffering from it and going through their day-to-day lives, you know, uh, I was conceived in the process. So when I was conceived in the process, obviously the, the protocol for any CYS or CYF, whatever the name was, uh, at the time, kind of, they rebranded. <clears throat> but the 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 overall um Protocol was to make sure that the child was to be properly placed into uh, anywhere uh, uh, where they seemed deemed fit until the mother was 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 uh, rehabilitated. It wasn't meant to just strip the right from the mother. It was meant to kind of you know help the mother and the baby at the same time. Yeah, kind yeah. of kind of kind of setup. Um, I know in movies and a lot of things people depict it as a tears away families, but that wasn't necessarily the original. Uh, missions, you know, for, for the agencies that, of, of the time. The time originally was supposed to to help mend the situation, but, you know, politics happened, you know, bad, bad uh, employment happened, you know, certain things of these natures. But long story short, <clears throat> um, you know, uh, I ended up getting placed uh, into another family. And But what makes my story different from a lot of people's isn't the fact that I was a a drug addicted baby that's why I put so much emphasis on that and you know in the beginning that it's a very common my story is very common actually it's just the part that makes me a uh different to a lot of them is uh, the interracial custody battle that was would,
0: would go on you know the, you know following my my birth so do you deal with any kind of birth defects now because your mom did do drugs before you were
1: born? Uh no. Surprisingly not. You know, I um I grew to be uh extremely healthy. You know, um just like pretty my just like my other siblings. You know, I have other siblings that uh biologically that grew to be of good health, you know, physically, um and mentally. So, um good. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that the sins of the father passed on too much to the child, I don't think, you know. No. Um I feel like just circumstances did, you know, circumstantially we were, we were affected by the by the uh you know um by the, the drug the drugs more than than physical. I know my mother suffered, you know, she still does suffer. Not necessarily she still used, but saying she suffers from the 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 damage and toll that it kinda of took on her during that time that she yep. that she was in use. So, um it affected everybody differently. You know, my mom's affected physically, you know, a lot of and emotionally a lot of the rest of us are just you know, was affected, you know, emotionally, you know, or, or, or circumstances due to, you know, having to be relocated due to safety reasons or, you know, whatever. But other than that, no, I, I personally do not suffer from any uh uh any defects you know I'm good health
0: now is everyone now is everyone clean and sober from the drugs and alcohol
1: yeah yeah so yeah so far <laughs> you know I, mean? Cause so I far. Like, you know yeah because I, like, I know it's a struggle you know what I mean? my mother's been, been fighting it on and off for years it's not like a you know it's not like a uh, what's the word I'm looking for it's not like it's a completely cold turkey thing you know what I mean some people can fight it you know for months, weeks, days, or even years you know how did you
0: uh, it was uh that how it was it that you made really a fight how was it
1: that you managed to get off drugs uh, you know i I personally was never on drugs until actually i was twenty. actually until last year you know um actually the first time i actually uh really took a part taking in any type of uh drugs was recreationally, and I was from marijuana. Yeah. So anything prior to that, I haven't done any drugs, you not know, even experiment. I actually never even, you know, smoked a cigarette. But I know what it is from – I can taste it for some reason. Like I can know what it is actually just from now that I know that I'm an addict. You know, you know, marijuana smoking, but I don't smoke cigarettes and black and or You know, I barely even drink, you know what I mean? But um, so technically I, I, I feel like I'm not a, a product of what uh, inherited You know, and I didn't inherit any addictive traits from my mother or from my father, you know, thankfully. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, I went my whole life until, like, 20, until, like, last year. (laughs) I'm I'm 27 now, but that's just saying something.
0: Well, that's great. I mean, I'm glad to hear that. You didn't yourself get get addicted, even though you have all those people around you that are, it seems like. So, so good right. good for you. I mean, that's great that you were able to abstain from that. But uh, so, um, so because of this whole custody thing, it kind of went to the Supreme Court for mm-hmm. you, um, and that got media uh, uh, attention for you.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, it got media attention prior to the uh, Supreme Court. By the time it got to Supreme Court, it was before that. It was already making media. The baby Byron case actually, probably his first publication was like two or three months after I was born, and um, so '92. So around the time, November, December of '92, was the first actual article, and then from '92 all the way up to '96 you know, there were articles written in that time period. But not only articles, but, you know, it, it went from, like I said, it went from local news to regional news to national news. So it was like, a, it, it was, it's not like now where I guess if you upload something, it could it can get kind of fast, result fast things. You know, it was a little like a slow build-up, just like any other thing at the time, you know. Um, but um, information today is more disposable. But again, yeah. you know, yeah, so it's, like, it's by phone, it's by text, it's by scrolling down your timeline. You know, information is so disposable. But back then, if one thing made news, it was, like, you know, the whole country was involved. Like, so it went from national. So when it made national news, it didn't just take a week to, because, you know, like I said, you know, news today kind of, like, it comes and goes so much. Like, so it's like, ah, oh, I hear about it, and then it's gone, and I kind of forget about it. Not because it wasn't important, it's just because so many other things are being broadcasted to me that, you know, it's hard for me to value what I just heard. So, but back then, it was like a news topic was the topic for such a long period of time.
0: You know what I mean?
1: It was like, oh, if we're talking about the OJ trial, it was like, oh, it was like a long time. A lot (laughs) of King meetings was a long time. The this was a long time. The Tupac being killed. It was just all these different things, especially in and Black, you know, uh, culture, and especially in Black media. So with that being said, you know, uh, the baby bond story lasted a very long time. But the reason why it lasted a long time was because it was a interracial custody battle. Um, but the Supreme Court didn't come into play until probably a year or so, you know, or
0: two, you know, something like that down the line. And so, because of all this attention, you made appearances on different talk shows. Did you like all the national attention you were getting because of this?
1: Um, I was just a baby at the time. I mean, honestly. A lot of this was from, you know, in the 90s, like I said. So, a lot of it, I, I didn't get to actually... Uh, I wasn't uh, conscious of a lot of what was on. Oh, yeah.
0: Have you seen footage of it?
1: Yes, I have. I've seen my VHS tapes of... You know, me on Ricky Lake's lap. Or, no, not Ricky Lake, sorry, Suzanne's lap. And then I like, you know, I had like a big for, You know what I mean? So it was <laughs> like, it was iconic for the time. You know, it was like, you know, one of those, it was like, oh, this is 90s, like for real, for real. So it
0: was like, you know
1: what I mean? So, so I was a baby. And I, I actually looked like, I don't know if you're familiar with so and, I'm Ready to Die, album covered by Notorious B.I.G. Yes. Yeah. So the little baby sitting there with the Afro. If you look up any baby Byron press clippings in the nineties, and you just somehow come across one, you'll see literally I was look like just like that baby. You know, what I'm saying that's the type of symbol. I guess it went at the time.
0: <clears throat> and also, I mean, uh, it, whenever something goes national like that, Hollywood likes to get their hands in it too. Yeah, uh, likes to make some kind of movie about it. Mm-hmm. Right,
1: and they and they do, and that, and, and for the, the baby Byron uh, story, um, I'm happy you brought that up because with the baby Byron story, like I said, timeline-wise, it, it comes in the play 92 to 96 roughly. I mean, and um, there's a film that comes out in I think 95. Yeah, it is 95. It's called uh, Losing Isaiah.
0: And it stars Kelsey Barry, Samuel L Jackson, and Cuba Gooding Jr. Correct, yeah.
1: correct. And this film is, is, and, and mind you, despite the popular to believe and despite the rumor or myth or whatever the case it may be, Losing Isaiah is not necessarily my story. But what Losing Isaiah is, is what I like to consider <clears throat> a piggyback off of a real life event. Like, you know, like when you watch something that happens, you know, you in real in real life you see a movie about it kind of right.
0: lately or something like something something, something, something yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. It's either in likeness to it or something of like the time period. Like I know there's a lot of films that I've seen in the last two or three years where uh it's like uh, police brutality films, you know what I'm saying? Or like pro consciousness toward the that reality. You know what I mean? And that's only because that's what is being Revealed in media, like as far as you know, day to day actual events. So then you'll see a film like you know, Black and Blue, you know, with Naomi Harris, where she's like a cop, you know, who shot to my on body cam. It's a whole story. Then you have another thing about. Uh, uh Queen and Slim where they you know this couple shoots a, a cop on the run but they're just trying to defend themselves. Like there's so many things, but it's like it's a period film. It's not necessarily about anybody. It's just a period film. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel Losing Isaiah is what I would consider a period film of the baby Bond case but also the Brenda the Brenda got a baby story that Tupac rapped about and, you know, as well like it's a combination of stories or it's just a it's just a topic of a time where interracial custody battles were being a thing or was being like pursued but the baby byron case was actually the only one that was like publicized nationally like that there was only one that made like headlines like la times and you know like those other, you know, uh, state uh, channels that we said before, uh, talk shows that we said before, Ricky Lake, Suzanne, Montel, you know, stuff like that. These were people of high, high, you know, of of high position at the time of media. So, you know, uh, that's why I was a thing. Now, when you think about it in retrospect, I have to ask you this. You know, as as a as a as a reporter, as a you know, journalist and you know, stuff like that, I have to ask you just from your opinion, being aware of media. You know this this stuff happened in the nineties. Yes. And it was the first of its kind. It was like an argument of its kind. It was a cussing of its kind. And it was interracial. Now, today, what would you say is is like a, a aftermath of that? If you if you was to say if I was to ask you, is Brad or is it was the Angelina and the Madonnas and the, yeah these other people adopting. These foreign children would they be a product of the baby Byron case, or would they be just something that just happened to happen later down the line? That's just what I would ask you, but that's just something that I would just wanna know. I think that media. we'd
0: probably make a bigger deal out of this than need be hmm. whenever a uh I think the media just needs something to talk about in my opinion mm-hmm. um whenever they don't get that big story, they'll just go revert to whatever it is. And, I mean, you see with the corona stuff that's going on, I mean, this kind of came out of nowhere. Right. And then you have the murder ordinance that came out of nowhere. So basically everything seems to come out of nowhere based upon someone's opinion or belief. Correct. Yeah, so that's that's my opinion about that. Um, uh, the media has always been the same way, and it's always going to be the exact same way until the end of time, so yeah
1: because you know, it's really only i feel like media only plays off of the the mind the mind of, of its consumers it only plays off of what we already you know either like employ in our day-to-day or you know so you know what i mean i i feel like you know because some people will say oh media can corrupt you or stuff like that but i feel like certain things are made just for the actual conditioning of how people are a lot of people a lot of us are actually just Naturally, the way we are—it's not from programming. What I'm saying, like I feel like I've I've heard things like somebody told me something about like they blamed uh, hip-hop music at one time for 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 the spike in in violence, you know, and stuff like that.
0: But statistically,
1: that wasn't even a fact. Statistically, that was just a that was prop that was propaganda.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because
1: violence was already a thing. Like that. Mass murders, you know what I mean? Not even in in the black community, but just in in America in general. They had mafia wars. They had uh, just mass murders, just day to day killings, bank robberies. They had other things to document. But when it comes to to rap music, it was being like such a targeted thing because it it puts you with a it, it gave it a face for some reason for whatever you didn't like versus a film that you could watch. I watched a whole movie starring Clive Owen where he shot like a million people.
0: (laughs) You know what I'm saying? He
1: shot like a million people. And how is that not more influential than a three-minute song? You know what I'm saying? So I kind of like feel like media does play
0: Everything's political these
1: days. Yeah, because that doesn't make sense. I can sit through a two-hour film of murder, and that doesn't equate to me listening to a two-minute song of murder. Like, I don't get it yeah you know I mean that's audio this is video and audio I'm watching, and I get an actual- like actual visual representation of what it could look like, oh, yeah you know what I'm saying like yeah. so that's why it's like that that numbs you more you know what I'm saying like the, to me, so I always felt that media has that effect to make you to choose one over the other, even if one isn't better than the other. you know what I'm saying it's just it has a way of really tricking people to think that one's worse than the other but in reality it's not it's not a thing you know what I mean some oh, of this yeah. stuff is yeah. crazy some of this stuff is crazy I'm not saying that I'm just saying that some of this <laughs> stuff needs proper addressing
0: also the truth kind of gets distorted a little bit I mean maybe there's parts of truth in there that they put in there and some of anyways you, you just kind of don't know what the truth is anymore so right everything yeah. somehow yeah. yeah so also uh, speaking of music <clears throat> You have a new album that's coming out. Uh, your first solo album called "Drugs Before the Flight."
1: Right, right. You know, actually, it was actually a, a misplacement in the in the titling. It was it actually is called "Drugs Before the Flight," but it isn't a solo project. It's just a project that I actually am. Um, I, I uh, I'm taking the lead in producing. You now I'm I'm a part of a rap group called A Kid Called God, and um, that's me and um, Asha Sneferu. Um and we started back in 2016. This project here is something i i uh just you know was aligning the beats for I was personally reaching out to the producer personally sitting down and like you know uh basically i i i came to the studio first in, in this story and this storyline i came to the story i came to the studio first and you might not be able to tell too much but I, but a lot of the songs I am thinking of on. But it's uh drugs before the flight, and um we had to push it back just temporarily because we had a couple uh mismanagement miscommunication with one of the song- with just one song that we had to actually push back a whole a whole thing,
0: but it's good
1: move out uh we're actually still i'm sorry what was the question
0: uh so what what song was that?
1: the song is actually called Danny oh. and the song is called Danny so um and um it's featuring uh, one of the god Co uh one of my uh, uh artists who's extremely extremely talented but it was just like one of those songs that you know you you have to like have you know it it just felt like i couldn't you know what i mean move forward without having it so um we we had to uh figure out you know the producer you know what his you know, claims was to be so we can use it exclusively because we really were passionate about the song and um during being how it's corona corona season as a lot of people call it, we had to uh come to like, you know, the, the circumstances everybody else is facing. So a producer who is struggling to sell music is saying, Hey bro, I need to I I, I really want to say this beat for what I would have usually sell it to, but I could sell you to sell it to you for a little bit more. And it's not to to, to, to hurt us, it was just because that person's not in a position to, to do anything else. So we have to figure out a way if we're that passionate about the song to hustle up, whatever it may be, to to, to get the rights to, to use the song or to use the beat, then we had to figure that out and it took some time and you know, we, we made it, you know, uh and we should be releasing in the next couple of weeks to the next month. But we are dropping songs from the project uh as the month goes. After I thought we'll drop what's today's day? Today's the uh, fourteenth. The 14th. On the 28th, we're dropping uh, a song from the project, and the song is called Way Too Deep, and it comes with a video. It'll be premiering on our YouTube channel, which is uh, at godco.com or uh, YouTube slash Godco. Yeah, that's going to be my next
0: question. Where can people listen to it at? Do you have a Spotify account as well? Yeah, yeah, you can uh, listen
1: to music at a kid called God. Um, anywhere, you know, uh, okay. Spotify, Apple, um, um, Tidal, you know, YouTube especially. I, I want people to actually go to our YouTube because I feel like we have a lot more videos coming out, and the videos are very, very dope, you know. We just dropped a video a couple weeks ago called Days in the Wind. Um, if you have any time, man, you should check that song out. The video is just really a dope video, you know, um, and we plan on dropping more as we go, and it's, it's uh, all uh, the song that Days in the Wind is the video I'm talking about, but the video is accompanying the project Drugs Before the Flight, so if you hear that song, you kind of get, okay, the first introduction to the first song from that project that will be coming out in the next couple of weeks.
0: So. I'm looking at your YouTube page now, and uh, I'm seeing uh, quite a few songs here, uh, some from like, well, Days Days in the Wind, I know you put out like three three weeks ago. Right. Is that so is that from, from that album?
1: Yeah, that is from that project and so is Cash App. Those two songs that uh uh just came out yeah, those are the first uh Cash App is the promo single and Days Moon is the first single. Um we'll be releasing three other singles from um uh, Drugs Before the Flight and one of the songs is Danny
0: featuring Louie. And um the third song is Money by the Pool. So do you hope to uh once everything kind of clears down go on tour with with all this?
1: Oh yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, surprisingly we did a show right in the midst, like right in the in the like when right when the premiere of the lockdown happened and people were starting to like close everything down, we still managed to do a show that uh reached like a hundred people, like almost a hundred people, which like
0: surprised Pretty
1: good. me. It surprised me, especially due to the circumstances. Due to the circumstances. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It was like, oh, due to the circumstances. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, people almost came up to the circumstances. It just made us feel like, uh, it made us, you know, feel like, okay, when this is over, it might not just be our fans coming to the show. There's only people that just are just happy to be out of captivity. Like, you know what I mean? Just like, I am just coming just because. Like, I don't care if you, I know you. I don't care if you're good or not, I'm just gonna come. I don't know if you ever see the movie Yes Man with Jim Carrey. Yes. All right, there's a scene where this dude keeps asking him, Can you come to my show? Can you come to my show? And Jim Carrey pretty much just puts him off like every time. And then one day when he has to break into that covenant, he has to tell, you know, everybody yes. And then the dude who's been harassing him on the corner for almost I don't know, probably a year or so to come to his shows. Finally said, yeah, and it just blew his mind that he was coming to the show. So I feel like you know people that might not ever want to go out to something is now going to want to once you know um, our country you know is reopened. As far as I I
0: expect a lot of people. As far as entertainment goes, it should be interesting to see the new normal that should be coming (laughs) with all the social distancing and people wearing masks and. I don't know. I mean, I see a different normal coming for all these concerts, stand-up shows and all these other forms of entertainment.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, um, you know, live streaming shows is what people are leaning to, kind of leaning to now. Um, I've seen a lot of people doing one on their lives. You know, I think um, I've seen uh Who's it? Risen and Swiss Beats. I oh, know Timberland and Swiss. Beats. I forget which producers it is that started this live battles where artists, you know, put their catalog against another person's catalog on live on Instagram. And it made a lot of people go back and, you know, and uh, listen to stream their old catalogs, which, you know, skylo- skyrocketed their sales. So there will be other ways I feel artists will be able to, to do things. But honestly, I feel like the the, the with everything else in the world, you know yeah. and, you know as-, sh- as human beings, we've been around for a very long time, you know what I mean, um, and the earth has been around for quite even longer, but I just in generally feel like this is just another phase, you know what I mean uh, for us, we might like I said, it might be the harsh on us, but that doesn't mean it's 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 forever you know what I mean, and Absolutely. I only know that from Absolutely. I know that from just history, history tells me that you know what I'm history tells me it's nothing's forever, and I've heard a lot of you know, persecution stories I've experienced a lot, you know, myself that let me know that nothing is forever. So,
0: that's uh, true. yeah. So I'm going back
1: and saying about that for real.
0: I think your story is proof of that concept. I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, Byron, thank you so much, sir, for coming on the show. We will definitely be on the lookout for the
1: the songs. I oh, appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. And continue to do what you're doing, you know. Um, and whenever you have something, you have my number, send me a link, you know, I'll gladly listen. You know, um Definitely, definitely.
0: I, I will definitely send you the link once I get this posted.
1: As well, as well, and you know, to everybody listening and to anybody else, you know, keep staying in good spirits, you know, um, treat everybody like how you want to be treated. And you know, some people might say that's cliche, but I understand that the time periods that we're living in right now, these are very very important fundamentals. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I see so much, and I know you see so much, that it's like, it's just not how we should be. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? There's a lot of things going on over whatever. It just should not be. You know what I mean? I know it might have been as once was, but it doesn't mean it should be as as forward. You know what I mean? So I just take that on everybody else. Take take on a new, new passage in their life and stay positive.
0: Preach it, Byron. Preach it.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: (laughs) All right, Byron, we will talk soon. And hey, thank you so much again for your time and for coming on. Oh, yes, sir. You enjoy. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you like what you heard today, like our Great Scott Podcast Facebook page. That's where you can find information on Mike's upcoming entertainment podcasts.